Would you say you and Aang have a rocky relationship? So how many like child armies do you think we're going to see in the show? <laughs> how many? Because uh, I'm forgetting how many there are. Well, there have been two so far. Yeah. I, is it like a situation where like all the women of Kyoshi are away at the war? So it's just Suki, like who's 16 years old, like running the whole show. <laughs> yeah, there there aren't any other adults. Well, there's the there's the village elder, but yeah, there, there's no other like woman warriors. Woman warriors. Uh, there, are, I guess the oldest is Suki. Yeah, how did that happen? <laughs> but they said that they've been staying out of the war, so yeah, it's not like it's not like where the Southern Water Tribe, where like the adults went off to fight the war. So that's why, you know, yeah. Sokka is left to defend and uh, Katara is, like, um, taking care. But Well, this is the best child army we've seen so far. I definitely. think they could definitely take a Sokka's um, peewee well, uh, water <laughs> tribe. <laughs> well, no, this is not even... Well, this is a teenage army. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, this is, this is like, SNL versus all that. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is all that versus, like, the Amanda show. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a better, that's a better comparison. Welcome to Rocky Relationship and Avatar, the last Airbender podcast. I'm Danielle. And I'm Aaron. Uh, and today we're going to be talking about Chapter 4, The Warriors of Kiyoshi. Nice. This is a good episode. This is a great episode. There's a lot of good episodes in the first part of the season, but this is, uh, I think, one of my favorites. Yeah, it just introduces such a cool new element to the show. Yeah, we see a completely new, like, culture that mm-hmm. this is the first like earth, earth village yeah earth kingdom yeah. colony village area that we see there are no benders though in nope. this village so yeah. yeah we do see a really strong uh fighting group uh mm-hmm. come out and like a, a whole different style of fighting and we get some more backstory to other avatars yes so which is always fun yeah yeah kiyoshi is a really it's, she's a fan favorite i think a lot of people love kiyoshi kiyoshi is the best I love <laughs> But uh yeah, I mean, do you have any initial thoughts about the episode? Just that it's it's so like uh, anytime women are getting together and fucking shit <laughs> up for guys, it's just like it's a good yeah. time, so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess there aren't a lot of go- uh women in the Fire Nation army. No. That I yeah, we don't see any. Not until we see um, you know, the next villain in the Fire the Nation. Ne- oh, yeah. In the in the next season. She's cool. And then even, you know, as we know, the whole this Northern is... Water Tribe thing, the... that culture, we don't. Right. Oh, yeah, so definitely. So this is like the only like chick army we see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're probably probably the most badass oh, yeah. out of all of them. And they're not even benders. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, they're the most badass non-benders besides like, you know, obviously the trio we get in the next season. Yeah. All right. So I guess let's just uh, dive into it and uh, see what happens. Who are you? Where are the men who ambushed us? There were no men. We ambushed you. Now tell us, who are you and what are you doing here? Wait a second, there's no way a bunch of girls took us down. A bunch of girls, huh? The Unagi's gonna eat well tonight. No, don't hurt him! He didn't mean it. My brother's just an idiot sometimes. Chapter 4, The Warriors of Kiyoshi. We first open to Zuko meditating and Iroh comes in and interrupts him by telling him that they don't know where the Avatar is. This enrages Zuko and they are stumped as to where they can find a lead. Hey, don't interrupt his meditation time, Iroh. He gets so mad at (laughs) I mean, to be fair, it kind of just cemented what they already knew. (laughs) So Iroh just didn't really come up with new information, but... eh. Hey, Aang is a master of evasive maneuvers. That is true. 
meanwhile, the Aang gang is flying on Appa with Sokka and Katara bickering about girls being better at sewing. And Katara, while angry at him, uh, she refuses to keep f- fixing his pants. Hey, where they're going, they don't need any pants. They don't. <laughs> Um, they eventually land on the island that they're looking for, and Aang reveals that he's only there to ride the elephant koi. Um, and while he's riding the koi, Aang, he really does try to seek approval from his friends, and he tries to impress him, impress them, namely Katara. Aang sees a creature eventually and runs for his life as it chases him. When Aang gets back on the shore, they're ambushed by women in green robes and heavy makeup. They capture the gang, and while being questioned, Sokka's misogyny rears its ugly head as he's shocked by being captured by girls. <laughs> Katara goes into damage control naturally and assures them that her brother's just being stupid, and Aang changes the subject by noticing a statue of Avatar Kiyoshi. The woman who captured them tells the gang that they are the warriors of Kiyoshi, and Aang reveals that he knows Kiyoshi because he is the Avatar. He proves it by showing his airbending skills, and the Kyoshi warriors let him go as the village cheers for Aang. And we see our first appearance of Foaming Mouth Guy. The great recurring character, Foaming Mouth Guy. Yes. <laughs> Why he has a foaming mouth, I don't think he's it was excited. ever confirmed. <laughs> it's super excited. He's, um, he's foaming mouth bending. <laughs> yeah. But uh, through word of mouth, uh, the whereabouts of Aang reaches all the way to Zuko, and he finally has a legitimate lead. And we get a really... I don't know why it's funny, but it just Ready the rhinos. Ready the rhinos. <laughs> Zuko just has been waiting to say that. Yeah, like... <laughs> they just have these rhinos just waiting. He's been, waiting. fuck yeah, I get to use the rhinos. Let's go. <laughs> we cut back to Kiyoshi Island, and the gang is relaxing, enjoying a nice break. Katara teases Sokka about being captured by girls, which causes Sokka to sulk away to challenge the warriors. Meanwhile, Aang assures Katara that they'll be fine if they rest at Kiyoshi Island for a couple days, and Katara warns Aang not to let the fame go to his head with the rest of the village. Of course, Aang revels in his celebrity status and is enjoying the attention he's getting from the girls in the village. Cue jaw harp montage. <laughs> yeah, we get a cool, nice jaw harp song. And he's like trying to impress all these. There's one, uh, I love the moment when he's uh, doing push-ups and he starts just literally blowing himself up uh, trying to do, a, like doing push-ups. It's like a really cool, just like creative what way to show. What muscle is that? working out <laughs> <laughs> it's his like his larynx yeah <laughs> we then find Sokka approaching the Kiyoshi warriors and their leader Suki eggs on Sokka to give a demonstration of his fighting skills Suki single-handedly puts Sokka in his place and completely humiliates him in front of the other warriors we then see Katara trying to tell Aang that they really shouldn't stay on the island for very long but Aang doesn't seem to really care and says that he's really enjoying his time at the village he invited Katara to come watch him ride the Unagi, that really big fish we saw chase Aang earlier, but Katara isn't interested. Meanwhile, Sokka approaches Suki and the warriors with humility and asks them to teach him how to fight. They agree, but only on their terms, meaning Sokka has to wear their outfit and their makeup. And Suki explains the meaning of their uniform. Back at the shore, Aang is trying to get the Unagi to come out to impress the village girls, but they leave him out of impatience. As they leave, Katara walks up and Aang admits how foolish he's been trying to impress everyone. But as he swims back, the Unagi creeps up on Aang and starts flailing him around. Aang eventually lets go and gets flung into the shoreline near Katara and she uses waterbending to save him. Katara would make the best lifeguard. Like, <laughs> yeah, no she, joke. She was on her shit trying to get him out of the water. She did some nice <laughs> next level CPR with her waterbending. Yeah. <laughs> 
Meanwhile, as all of this is happening, Katara sees the Fire Nation approach and they march their way towards the village um, on their rhinos. On the rhinos. Yeah, on the rhinos. Uh, they're like weird rhino Komodo dragon things, lizards. I don't... Yeah, they're but, weird. But uh, when Zuko gets there, the Kyoshi warriors ambush the soldiers, causing mass destruction in the village, especially when Aang joins the fight, and he realizes that the village's destruction is because he had overstayed his welcome, just as Katara warned. Feeling guilty, Aang sets to right his wrongs by seeing what he can do to save the burning village. He goes back to the Unagi and is able to control the creature so that it can spray water all over the village and dousing the Fire Nation soldiers so they're rendered useless. Before they leave the village, Sokka apologizes to Suki for being disrespectful and Suki forgives him and kisses him on the cheek. The gang set out on Appa and ride into the sunset. I'm starting to remember that almost every episode ends with them riding off into the sunset. Yeah. It, <laughs> I'm surprised the, the Kalimba song didn't play. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that is um, all of episode four, or sorry, chapter four. And uh, I think it's such a um, a great Sokka episode. Yeah. It's a shitty Aang episode. Yeah. Aang is a shitter. In this. Aang's <laughs> being, yeah. Aang's You're, not his best moments. Yeah. Um, but we... The, the theme that we came up for this episode, um, we thought it, it was really easy to come up with. Um, yeah. Just humility. Humility, yeah. Um, Sokka, obviously, he is humbled. <laughs> he, he is humbled very greatly because um, he's been pretty misogynistic, you know, and pretty. It's been sexist. since literally his first like lines. Of yeah, the <laughs> actually, the, the first scene of the series, you notice that Sokka is a little sexist. And then he, it kind of just like gradually goes. And then finally, in this episode, he like reconciles that and, yeah um, and katara has been on him about it since day oh, one yeah. but it's... i guess it takes like a, a army of girls too yeah. <laughs> yeah his sister can't no i don't him, respect but... he can't he's not gonna respect his sister for anything yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh, i i think this is a really great episode overall it also um, ties together with ang's story as he learns that he yes. needs to be humbled as he's faced with really the first time he experiences the perks of being at the avatar and being famous. i wouldn't say perks but um, well, the it, responsibility yeah. of being no, the but it's like it's his first time. He's like he sees the positive side. Yeah, and he's happy about yeah, it. Yeah, right. Yeah, he he does enjoy the attention for sure. Which is really weird because like he's supposed to be he, a humble monk. Yeah, <laughs> he, he said that too. I'm just a humble monk. I love the painting scene when he's getting painted <laughs> by this guy, and the guy's like, hmm, "Okay, just painting me up to a little girl." And he like looks oh, at his oh, thing, and he looks one. up, and there's like. <laughs> two more girls <laughs> he's like oh there's another oh, okay. and then he looks up again there's like five more girls and he's like fuck this shit i'm out <laughs> yeah so obviously ang is you know he's enjoying the attention he's, yeah let's start he's with having ang. a lot of fun he like okay so i understand poor guy he's like you can already tell he's totally in love with katara and he yeah he wants to impress her. Like he wants to show her all his little airbending tricks, mm -hmm. but she's not having having it. She does not care about his marble. <laughs> the marble. <laughs> yeah, this is the first time we see the marble. What a what a nice running gag. I love it so much, and I love like uh, Cora. Spoiler, but I love that we kind of see it come back in Cora. I don't, I rem I don't remember that in Cora. We see um, Cora's like in when she's off in the Earth Nation. Uh, and she has the cool new haircut and she uh, is like she sees like a fisherman or something and he takes like photos oh you know and what? he's like I oh can i take that. a picture of the avatar like i want to add it to my collection and it's adult ang with the same <laughs> yeah, thing yeah that's right yeah so the such the, a good gag <laughs> the marble is really um 
kind of just shows how much of a kid Aang is still. Yeah. Airbending is just so novel to everyone. He thinks that doing this dumb marble <laughs> thing will just impress everyone. So good. The face, too. <laughs> it is a good Aang face. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the Will Smith meme. Yeah. Like when he's like presenting uh, his wife, I guess, or yeah. at the award show. It's yeah. exactly that type of like energy. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, um, as we as we've said, like Aang does not like being the Avatar, and this is the first time. And Katara even says it like it's nice to see you finally being so happy about being the Avatar. Yeah, Katara does support him in a way in this episode. She does warn him, "Hey, you know, we can't stay here super long. We gotta go, whatever." And Aang pushes yeah, back, but still, Aang... Katara's still aware that we they have to get to the North Pole. Like, yeah. <laughs> eventually, <laughs> they do. They a... won't make it there by spring at this point, or yeah. whatever. I don't know what time of the year it is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, even though Katara is like really trying to um, persuade him, like, hey, we should go. She still kind of like lets him enjoy his time a little bit. Yeah, you know? like she, like I said, she's happy to see him so happy. Yeah. But it quickly turns into very annoying. Yeah, Aang... <laughs> and Katara's annoyed. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Katara is very right to be annoyed. Yeah, because I'm, I'm fully on Katara's side this whole episode. <laughs> I mean, we do have the benefit of being in the audience and like hindsight 2020, of course, Zuko comes and knows where he is. But yeah. from Katara's perspective, she had that in the back of her mind. Pretty yeah. much. She didn't say like, oh, I think the Fire Nation's on our way. There's a reason way. they have to keep their plan on schedule is because there's a crazy 16 year old after them with rhinos yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't well, they don't know they have rhinos yet that's oh yeah that's gonna be the biggest surprise <laughs> <laughs> who who knows what the rhinos are gonna do to them <laughs> but uh <laughs> ready ready the rhinos so yeah so ang quickly it quickly becomes annoying um and you know it's he's really just doing it all to impress katara at the end of the day so yeah i mean he 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 likes the attention he's getting from the girls um you know of the village whatever speaking of how old are these girls <laughs> yeah they're like six-year-olds or yeah they, they i mean <laughs> i mean ang's only 12 so it's like I, the cool yeah. older guy at elementary school you know yeah what's like what's the uh the tom haverford age equation when you're like, <laughs> dating someone isn't like Half your age plus seven. Yeah, yeah. So, so. okay, he's 12, six plus, I mean, <laughs> why am I, why am why? I trying to justify <laughs> children dating? <laughs> but um, they do have a nice moment when they eventually, like, you know, Aang realizes he was being a jerk. Yeah, and, he does realize it. And um, could they reconcile? And then immediately the moment is broken up by one, an Unagi, and then two, Zuko yeah. coming to destroy the village. Well, that the whole Zuko thing really cements, like, okay, I made a bad decision yeah. staying here. And it's, it's really... It really shows, once again, Aang's humanity and the reason why Aang is going to be such a good avatar because he yeah. wins the fight against Zuko. Like, he he beats him. and then But as he's flying away, he's so heartbroken yeah. at just the damage and the fire that the fire did to the town that was so welcoming to him. Yeah. And we see this, like, like time and time again. We, I he mean, is so guilty about the damage he brings yeah, to situations. Yeah, we saw that originally in episode two yeah. when um, he gives himself up. Um, to at save the southern the, water the tribe. Southern water tribe. Yeah. yeah, that's just a, a really it's a recurring theme with mm -hmm. Aang, and I really appreciate that because in a lot of kids shows or rather action movies, you know what I mean? They're when they do the big fights and there's like all this destruction. It's like 
No one cares. No one cares. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the heck? You just, like, leveled this building, yeah, Iron Man. What like, the fuck? <laughs> where's, like, where's this guy going to go to work the next day? Like, <laughs> yeah. but, but Aang is so heartbroken by that kind of stuff. He really cares yeah. about the lives that he affects yeah. as his journey to try to, you know. Yeah. And so he, he uses his resources to um, try and fix the situation as best as he can. Obviously, he's able to douse the fire, but that doesn't, you know, fix the actual destruction yeah. itself but you know. it's such a juxtaposition too to see when he's first greeted by the village and they're repainting the kiyoshi statue in his honor yeah and then like he just sees it in flames at the end of the episode right. i didn't notice that but yeah that that really is a stark contrast yeah to, um how... the joy that he brings to a village mm-hmm. com- uh, compared to the destruction that immediately follows because i mean in the lore of avatar he is kiyoshi mm-hmm. you know he kiyoshi or rather kiyoshi is in him yeah so in their minds it's literally kiyoshi coming to like exactly. visit their town like that's crazy yeah. like um, that's such an honor to mm-hmm. them and that's why they do that that's why they treat him like a king and right. like they you know repaint the statue and it's really really lovely to see because again like all these people in the whole world have lost hope for a hundred years pretty much right they don't think that the avatar is back like it hasn't traveled yet to all of these villages that the avatar has returned Mm -hmm. so that immediately brings them so much hope and then immediately yeah but word is spreading yeah they have there's a really cool scene in this episode where um it's when finally you know ang reveals he's the avatar and then it goes from like the a fisherman or something yeah telling like a A merchant a a merchant and the merchant tells like a soldier or something soldier tells the chef yeah fish finally travels to zuko's table it's great word of mouth like world building yeah it it is really good world building ang is definitely he shows that he needed to be humbled this episode Mm -hmm. and i think that the end result of everything that played out really did that job of humbling him. It's a, it's a weird contrast between last episode and this episode of Aang's demeanor. You know, last episode was a really heavy Aang episode. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he had to come to terms with the reality that his people were gone. Yeah. And then now Aang is like, all right, time to bust out the marbles, time to ride the giant koi fish. Okay, if I'm Avatar and if all my people are dead, I might as well, like, have some fun. Like, I might as well, like, you know, this is going to bring whatever joy this situation can give me, which is understandable. He's a 12-year-old kid. Um, But, yeah, he he needs to carry that humility uh, with him through these situations or else fame will get the better of him. Yeah, and he just doesn't understand the responsibility of being the Avatar Yeah, he doesn't even know yet, like, the implications of his role in this war yet, really. Yeah, right. There's no real uh, clear direction of where he has to go yet other than just learning waterbending. Yeah, yeah, that's really his only, like, next path right now i don't think he doesn't he doesn't even realize yet like that he has to help (laughs) end the war at this point (laughs) like it's not his problem yet well i feel like it should be implied anyway because he knows the fire nation to a certain degree um is after him yeah so he i feel like he should realize that um, he doesn't see the bigger picture. He yet. doesn't see the picture. He just yeah, sees he d- he okay. Doesn't. Fire Nation's after me. There's also a war, but I just need to learn waterbending. I think that's really all his th- he's thinking about yeah. right now. Which you know, he's a 12 year old kid who well, has spent. <laughs> we don't find out like there's a there's a time limit essentially on this whole. Yeah, we'll find until, that like, out. Season like, two. No, we find that out mid um mid. Oh, the solstice. Yeah. Right. That's kind of soon. Yep. 
Mm. That will be a twofer. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's uh, let's move on to another character. Uh, probably the the character in this episode that um, faced the biggest amount of humility, and that's Sokka. Sokka. Oh, Sokka. <laughs> we see that classic, lovable Sokka, toxic lovable, masculinity lovable. open the episode once again. <laughs> and like I was saying earlier, like, he does not care about what Katara has to say about it. Like, she's always on him about, yeah. like, not being, you know, sexist. And he yeah, just does just it anyways. Don't be an asshole, man. <laughs> he brings up, like, the classic, archaic, like, gender roles of, yeah. like, we all know women do the sewing and uh, men do the fishing and the hunting and the protecting and all that yeah. stuff. Which, you know, drives his character a lot because he always wants to be that warrior figure. Yeah, he does. But... <laughs> But at this point, it is to a fault right now. It's so bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> Though it leads to a really good line where where we're going, we Guitar don't need th- pants. Tara <laughs> throws the half-sewn pants at him. It's like, all done. <laughs> also, this scene, they, I mean, they animated Sokka just like chilling on Appa without pants. It must be cold up there. Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> they're still they're still like in the south, southern hemisphere. Like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like when they land, there's snow on I, the ground. I mean, it doesn't even, no matter what, when you're flying that high and there's... there's I don't know. Wind. They have thick skin when it comes to cold Sokka That's true. They are... They are, you know, they live from, in the Arctic. Yeah, that's true, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, we'll we'll give them that. <laughs> yeah. So it really it doesn't. So he ignores Katara all the time about this. So it takes it takes something else yeah. this time around. It takes our girl Suki mm. and the Kiyoshi Warriors. You keep on saying Kiyoshi Warriors bam, like that. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> they're just they're so iconic. I don't know. They're just like. They're amazing. Best, like I said, best child army we've seen. Best so child far. army. <laughs> so they they ambush the gang, right? Yeah. Um, and immediately, like Sokka's like, "Show your faces, cowards!" Like, and then they reveal themselves, and they're like, "We're the men that ambushed us." <laughs> like, not even considering the fact that the only people in front of him are maybe the people who ambushed them. Yeah. <laughs> and then Suki's like, "Dude, there weren't any guys. We ambushed you." And he's like, "No, no, 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 no way. You're trying to tell me that a bunch of girls." <laughs> I've never heard like the words a bunch of girls so many times. Yeah, they episode. do say that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's like humiliated. Oh, completely. Even more than Katara usually gets to him. Like he's yeah. he's really humiliated that some girls ambushed him. It takes a lot of stupidity. I, I, I was going to say maybe courage, but it's pure stupidity that he thinks he could just like bad mouth his, cap- his, uh, his captures, <laughs> yeah. his kidnappers. It's not good hostage negotiation, yeah. my dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, like you're really trying to piss them off here. They're, they've, they're threatening to feed you to the unagi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you didn't see that giant eelfish thing just completely running out of the water. It, it the ate, avatar. It the ate like avatar. a full elephant koi in one bite, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, poor it, elephant koi. Yeah, R.I.P. elephant koi. Yeah. Can we get a, for sound effects, like, can we get a that's rough buddy in post-edit for like, yeah, for, whenever for the elephant koi. Yeah, for the elephant koi. Here, let's, let's get a clean take. That's rough, buddy. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> that is rough, buddy. That is rough. Anyways, so Sokka's so humiliated that he does he can't even eat. He can't eat. Yeah, <laughs> what the heck? That was such a strange scene. He's just like sulking in the corner. He's like, Aang, Aang, or Aang's like, hey, come on, like, let's eat. He's like, I just got beat up by a bunch of girls. He's so butthurt that he seeks them out. 
yeah, and tries to like is, own them. Well, so he he seeks them out, and uh, Suki, of course, like she's so cheeky about it. <laughs> she's like, "Come on, let's see your skill." Oh, oh, a big strong man is gonna show us his you fighting are, skills. You were wow. the best in your village. Your Ooh. whole tribe. Wow, you trained a whole peewee uh, <laughs> army. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I'm only the like the youngest leader of the Kyoshi warriors ever. Suki's a bamf. <laughs> she's so badass. She's like she's probably one of the most badass non-benders in this whole show. Yeah, I mean Sokka works his way up to being a badass non-bender. Yeah, but uh, it takes him a while. Yeah, uh, I mean Suki's just automatically amazing. Uh, yeah, no, no question. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, he tries to show them a few moves, and again he gets humiliated just by them. Gets absolutely, <laughs> he gets <murked>. owned. <laughs> he like she like twists his arms around and like. Yeah. Just puts him into a pretzel position and knocks him on the floor. Like. Yeah, just completely <laughs> embarrassing him. But, I mean... With all the girls laughing. <laughs> yeah, but that, like... His worst nightmare. It, it, it had to come to that for him to realize how much of an asshole he... Like, yeah, he's being a dick. <laughs> he's being a dick, and he realizes, like, um, that's what's great about this episode because it's such a great uh, character development episode for Sokka. I think it's it's so beautiful that... In the end, like when Sokka realizes that and he goes back for like actual training, Mm -hmm. the part of him that is truly makes up his full character is him wanting to protect the people he loves and be a warrior. And that's the part that's taking over in this moment. He He sees that they are talented yeah fighters and he just wants to learn from he them. was he was completely fixated on the fact that he got beaten up by a girl yeah. right and then he fe- he finally realized like that doesn't matter yeah that it's just, that's just arbitrary bullshit these are talented warriors yeah and i need to humble myself and learn from them. that yeah that way i can um bring these skills that I, he or he can bring these skills that he learns over to his gang because i mean you have literally the avatar just an airbender who's gonna be a master of all four elements and then you have sock or uh, sorry katara who she's a waterbender and she's also learning but she's still weak yeah and sokka so right really now, sees right now himself as the protector of the group I that like. but he's he i think he's really self-conscious too yeah so he has to kind of impose his he, he needs to prove his self-worth prove his self-worth that's what i was trying to say yeah um, and he, he's really moved by when, you know, he finally gets in all the makeup and the dress and he's like, I feel girly. But yeah. then Suki explains like the meaning of the um, uniform. And mm-hmm. when she's telling him it means like duty and it means honor. He's like so moved by that. Yeah. And then we get Aang being a dick. <laughs> if we didn't think Aang was already a shitter in this episode, holy what? crap. Aang, like, come on, man. Like, you're He not... just says, nice dress, Sokka. Like, oh, come what on. What a little shit. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like, listen, Sokka deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If, if anyone deserves it, it is Sokka. But, but it, yeah, and then we see him fighting along the warriors yeah. in the ending scene. It's so good, man. Like, like it's so great, like, seeing all that development. Yeah. How long did he train? I guess I, I don't know how difficult. I'm, I'm sure it's going. it's very difficult to figure out how to fight with fans. Yeah. But... How long did he train for him to like actually learn how to fight with them? I, he's good. Like he's he's a good fighter. Yeah, he's he's a natural warrior. Yeah, and one my favorite scene from this episode is when Aang and the group are making their escape, and mm-hmm. um, Sokka's taking his time to apologize. Yeah, Suki, like he he said, "I'm sorry. I should have. I treated you like a girl when I should have treated you like a warrior." 
And Suki, like, says, it's the best thing ever. She says, I am a warrior, but I'm a girl too. Yeah. And I love that type of approach to feminism in these children's shows because there's there was a trend in like the 90s and early 2000s backwards feminism yeah where we and i'm gonna call out harry potter on this specifically um i love harry potter but it has its issues we all know uh and what harry potter did a lot was it made all the cool and desirable girls of the series reject their femininity yeah. Like Hermione was the nerdy bookworm. Mm-hmm. Um, and when she was ever emotional about like boys or Ron, that's when like Harry kind of had like bad thoughts about her. Like, okay, yeah. come on, Hermione, like stop crying. Right. Um, and then Ginny was like the sporty girl, you know. Right. And Cho Chang was only like desirable to Harry when she was a sporty, cool girl. But when she started crying over her dead boyfriend, <laughs> like, he right. was like, I don't need this. Like, so we really rejected women being feminine. Like Flora Delacour was like the most made fun of character. And just because she right. was super feminine, even though she was a she was a badass, like she was a badass wizard who competed in the Tri-Wizard Tournament. Yeah. And all she was reduced to was her femininity. I'm sorry, this I could do a whole podcast. A on Harry Potter podcast inside of a Avatar: The Last Airbender podcast. Anyways, I love that this show shows you different types of girls. Yes, young girls, all different kinds. Like Katar is very motherly; she's very nurturing, right? But she's still a badass, and yes. she's very she he, she's a healer. Like you yeah, know, so yeah. she she follows those common feminine tropes in that way. And then you have Suki, who is just a a warrior. She is ready to protect her village, but she she's recognizes ha- and that... she has feelings for Sokka, and yeah. she kisses him on the cheek, and she shows yeah, him that moment. like you know she's still a girl. And then later, you know, feminine like we'd see many different types of Azula. female characters. Toph, like all, these, all different types. Ty yeah. Lee, who's super Ty boy Lee. crazy, but she still can like t- take a full grown man down she's, with one I, punch. I think she's arguably the best non bender yeah. fighter next to Suki. We'll, but yeah, we'll, we'll get go. in that conversation when it comes. But we'll, we'll have a tier list open. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I just love that. Like it's so it's so well done, especially in a children's show where yeah. young girls are watching and are impressionable. Like I watched this as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I loved that, you know, I wasn't a boy, I wasn't a tomboy this... by any means. And I hated when tomboys were the only female representation in shows that were desirable. Yeah. And what's great about this show is because of that, it had such a diverse audience of both men and women. Yeah. You know, boys and girls mm-hmm. really connecting to the show. When some shows have a feminist message, mm-hmm. sometimes boys push back against that. And yeah. it's, it's sad. It's annoying. For me as a boy, it, it's very uh, annoying to see yeah. some men like reject, you know, seeing uh, feminist messages in shows that they like. Yeah. But um, in this show, I think it's done so well in the sense that it's they don't push it hard and it's just it's very nuanced and it's right on the nose i think i think young boys were able to look at katara and see a badass and like love that she's like such a good waterbender and see suki and see the kyoshi warriors as not just girls and be like wow like that's really cool i think young boys were really receptive to that yeah so i think that's i think that's one of the reasons why this show is just so well done in handling their characters right and dealing with such strong themes to in delivering them to a young audience it's so good yeah all right do you want to hear some fun facts yeah (laughs) i don't have a lot of like (laughs) little facts this time i i focused on uh uh kiyoshi herself a lot the creators released like um two books so far about avatar kiyoshi specifically and they're really cool so i'm i'm reading that and yeah so what i learned is that um 
the Kyoshi Warriors face paint that's obviously influenced by Kyoshi herself. Mm-hmm. Kyoshi originally wore that because she was part of a crime organization what the <laughs> <heck>? called <laughs> the Flying Opera Company as a young as a young uh, avatar, and um, she they wore like face paint to pretend to be like theater a theater company. Oh, okay. So That's it was so like theatrical makeup. Yeah. Did she know that she was the avatar or? Uh, listen, I'm. You're, you're, don't, don't, you're in progress. Don't probe <laughs> me on the details. But I, I know that fact from like the the overall summary of the book and stuff. Right. <laughs> don't, I haven't read the rest of it. I do oh, know that uh, she has like an, an airbending companion and oh. the companion's kind of like she rejected airbending and she ta- she tattooed like snakes over her arrows. Oh, really? Or something. Oh, she got the arrows as an airbending master? Yeah, and so she tattooed like snakes I never over thought them. about that. I guess so when avatars master airbending, they too get no, the No, no, no. I'm saying Kiyoshi oh. had an airbending friend. Oh. And the friend was like in this organization with her. I need to read the book. Okay. All right. <laughs> Don't quote me. Like people there's are going to be like, that's not what happens. Yeah. Come on, Danielle. But that's, not what, that's not what it is. There's going to be more Kiyoshi episodes. So Danielle, you, you got <laughs> some time finish, to read I'll it. I'll finish reading the book, I swear. <laughs> um, but also, this is another fact I learned. Um, the, the fans that the Warriors use are metal. And they're based mm. on Kyoshi's fans yeah. that she actually used because because she was an earthbender. And we know that um, avatars of certain elements have the most trouble learning the element that's opposite of them. We yeah. see Aang struggle with earthbending later on. Kyoshi really struggled with airbending. So she right. used the fans as a supplement to her airbending. Yeah, just to help her out. Which And we saw Aang use them in his airbending as well. Yeah. That's what I love about this show is that they take realistic... Um, you know, like physics. It's yeah. essentially like they're they're taking real uh, life logic. Like, of course, fans are going to help you airbend. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course, an airbender is going to have trouble learning earthbending. And we don't see it, but it implies a waterbender is going to have trouble learning firebending and yeah. vice versa. I love that about mm-hmm. this show, that they took the time in the... It's it's a it's such an obvious it's like, detail. It's such a weird thing to uh, imply weaknesses in out of world fantasy elements, but yeah. like they took the time to actually add in those realistic weaknesses into these characters. I'm just a sucker for the bending lore yeah. of the show because um, we see a lot later. There's like subsects of bending. Yeah, you know, there's uh, lightning bending with fire bending, lava uh, bending. Lava, oh my, lava bending is dope. When we get into Korra, the bending just goes off the rails, and it's crazy. it really does. It really does. <laughs> uh, there's the combustion bending. In yeah, three. It, it's really yeah, it's crazy. Um, but those are really all my Kyoshi facts I have so far. I promise I'll finish reading the book by the next time she. Uh, <laughs> there's gonna appears. be more Kyoshi <laughs> moments. Yeah, the next one. Ooh. <laughs> the next moment good um so that brings us to what was your favorite bending moment my i already mentioned i loved when ang used the fans to mm. b- uh, bend air when he was fighting zuko because i think it's really cool because it's one of those callbacks to ang literally being kiyoshi right so he it's yeah, like, he was an like instinct. channeling a little bit yeah instinct that's a good word yeah for it. It's really well done, and it was really it was a cool visual element to see him actually because we saw the warriors fighting with the fans earlier, right. but like they he Ang was actually using them to do what they were initially intended to do. Yeah, actually, you know, push air and yeah. use it as a um as a force amplifier. Yeah, essentially, um, I, I you know I you got me stumped. I totally forgot what to think of for my favorite bending moment. Was it Katara's CPR? 
That was cool. I love seeing Katara's waterbending develop every episode. Yeah. Like, she's already grown so much. So her, like, having the instinct to, like, take the water literally out of his lungs. Yeah. And that's that's also what I meant earlier when I love seeing, like, bending lore. Because um, I like seeing bending used in non- Realistic ways. Realistic ways and not not in, like, fighting scenarios. Yeah. Like, actually using like it Like, in to... health. Like, in their healing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's a great moment. Um, I think my favorite bending moment has to be, I, you know, I'm just going to say it, it's the marbles. The marbles <laughs> do it. It's so good. <laughs> I love the face. That's my favorite Aang face of this episode too. That's a great Aang face. My favorite Aang face is when he's running away from the Unagi. And he, <laughs> like on the water. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's multiple faces. Uh, this is a podcast. I know you can't see it, but it's Again, so there's snot coming out snot of his nose. <laughs> the animators just like, took Aang's face and just took a pile driver to it. <laughs> yeah, they do the goofy cartoon effect like to the face. Classic. Yeah, it, that was good. And that's what M. Night Shyamalan hated. <laughs> he didn't want it to be funny like the show. We don't say the M word on this. The M word? We don't say the M word on this podcast. Oh. Uh, we don't mention it's he who must not be named. <laughs> I mean, I like him. I don't like I've, what he I've did. I've never met the guy, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like his other movies. Well, some of them. I I maybe like one movie. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. Listen, this, this is not an M Night Shyamalan podcast. <laughs> Where maybe one day we'll do like if this gets bigger, you know, maybe one day we'll do like a bonus drunk episode of uh of the Last Airbender movie. Maybe. Yeah, you can't watch that movie sober. I think you can, but it'll be it'd be really hard. Yeah, there's a lot of trauma. Yeah, <laughs> that comes along with it. It'd be really painful. <laughs> um. But you know, I love I'd love to see uh, um, Ong and Ido and uh, Soka and all all those people. <laughs> the Avatar. Oh, Avatar. <laughs> I just think of that that rock that moves so slowly, like when when the guy's earth bending. Come on, this is content for the bonus episode, Danielle. <laughs> Come on, don't don't so don't reveal bad. it. <laughs> Well, um, I, I think that does it for this uh, this week's episode. Um, oh, one thing to plug, our, our good friend, Sabrina, she just started an Etsy shop. Um, it's called Infinite Bliss Studio, and she's making cute stickers. And um, be on the lookout for some Rocky Relationship stickers yeah, um, in the next couple of days. I'm so excited. Yeah. She's so good, and her stuff is so cute. It's so super cute. Check um, her out. If you're sure. a fan of Apex Legends, the game, uh, she has a bunch of those stickers. So She know. streams too, right? Her and uh, Duncan. Yeah. They stream. Um, so, yeah, go check them out, Dopio Gaming and their Etsy shop, uh, Infinite Bliss Studio. Super cool. And yeah. So, follow our cats on Instagram. Top underscore underscore boomy. And follow us on... In- why are we why are we yeah. plugging our cats Instagram <laughs> before ours? Yeah, follow us on Instagram, Rocky Relationship. Yeah. <laughs> and on TikTok, Rocky Relationship Pod. Yes. Um, yeah. Did you have anything else you wanted to plug in? Where we're going, we don't need pants. Hmm. Yep. i wish i i wish i wasn't wearing pants right now what (laughs) (laughs) it's hot in here (laughs) all right well thank you guys so much for listening uh catch us next week as we take a look at the king of omashu i'm so excited (laughs) peace out guys bye